The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Why is this so important? Why did you pick this story? Why does this matter? This is the news. And why, 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 and why it matters. Hi, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Glenn ditched us today. He doesn't care. Uh, You know what matters? Not us. (laughs) Apparently. Right. So, Stu, what was the top story? Uh, Socialists taking their masks off. Mm. Uh, Also, Barack Obama and the omissions in his big endorsement uh, release yesterday. Mm. Another big story just breaking the last few hours. It seems like um, you can't post things without them having to, uh, to explain them later on. Huh. Seems that way, but I'll, of course, let you guys decide. Thank you. Thank you. you know what's going on here? All right, still. So. Uh, great piece in in Vox uh, today, and I don't normally say things like that. They don't. Sa- that doesn't sound like a legitimate mm-hmm. sentence to be said on this network. Mm-hmm. However, it is actually or on any network, or maybe on any network. <laughs> um, but I am really appreciative that they did this. Uh, there have been a lot of people who have tried to explain what democratic socialism is. It's this new trendy thing. As they quote Glenn in the piece, and they say, "Hey, you know this." Is, they're going to try to present this as, you know, some millennial, millennium-friendly, you know, fresh idea, but it's not. It's communism light. And they tried to go through and explain this. They, instead of trying to explain it themselves, they said, let's go to an actual democratic socialist and say, you tell us what you are, which is really interesting, an interesting approach. And, like, uh, I really, I'm really appreciative that they did this. So what, what do we get out of this? Here is, just out of the, in their own words, what they actually want. These are the democratic socialists of America. Uh, this is, comes from a staff writer at the socialist magazine Jacobin uh, and a member of the DSA, Democratic Socialists of America. And here's the truth. In the long run, democratic socialists want to end capitalism, period. Ta-da! Ta-da! Now, look, you know, they don't look at that as a bad thing, right, to them. It's, that's, this is what they actually believe. Mm-hmm. Now, the Democratic Party doesn't want you to think that they believe that. Uh, but democratic socialists are comfortable enough in their own ideology that they don't mind. It goes on. Many observers see groups like the DSA pushing for policies like Medicare for All and decide that we just must be something like the New Deal uh, liberals who are simply confused about the meaning of socialism. That's not true. Our goal is to rein in the excesses of capitalism for a few decades at a time. Uh, our goal is not, excuse me, to rein in the excesses of capitalism for a few dec- decades at a time. We want to end our society's subservience to the market. That also sounds like ending capitalism. It does uh, yeah. sound a lot like ending capitalism. That was a recurring theme, Doc. Okay, uh, interesting. You really interesting. Thank you for being honest yes. about it. Thank you. We're only a few years Let's away. have that discussion yeah, then. Right. Absolutely. Socialism versus capitalism. Let's yeah. see who, who wins that yeah. battle. I mean, I'm, I'm very comfortable uh, arguing that. But this is what's interesting. I mean, Pat, especially when we go back a few years, we were on the air every day talking about how when you said socialist to describe anybody in the mm-hmm. Democratic Party, even someone like Maxine Waters or someone on the far left, it was called racist. Racism. Uh, it was called hateful, mm-hmm. name calling. Mm-hmm. And we're like, no, this is just an ideology. It's a terrible one. Uh, and it's, but it's one they believe, and you know there are different degrees of it, certainly, but they are absolutely going down this road. Uh, and now they're finally telling us what it actually is. Here's another one. Uh, we know that Medicare for All is not socialism. It would only nationalize insurance, not the whole healthcare system. Democratic socialists, socialists ultimately want something more like the British National Health Service, NHS, which has been a complete disaster. Uh-huh. It's bankrupting the company. There's, there's uh, shortages everywhere. There's a million reasons why I think that's a terrible policy. But again... How many times did we go on on, on uh, radio and TV and talk about how Barack Obama really wants a single payer program? These the, the Democrats, that's what they really want. They mm-hmm. denied it. They denied it. They called us hateful. Mm-hmm. They called us you know ideologues. And then here they are, actually admitting it just a couple of years later. And it ends with this one. So why are Democratic socialists uh, not demanding an NHS right now? Because we not because they don't want it. 
because we currently don't have the support to push for and win such, a, such an ambitious program. Social democratic reforms like Medicare for All are, in the eyes of the DSA, part of a long, uneven process of building that support and eventually overthrowing capitalism. Ta-da! Ta-da! Again, that sounds like they want to get rid of capitalism. (laughs) Did you notice that too? (laughs) Really? But only because that's exactly what they said. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. That's the only evidence you have is just what they said. Yeah. Uh, But I think, man, what a positive development. I mean, Uh a lot of people, I think, on the right are like, I can't believe these crazy democratic socialists, what they're doing. And that's, it's true. But the fact that they're actually out there admitting it is nothing but a good thing for us. Uh, You know, I want the... the, We win this argument every time. Every time. Every time. And I think it's a good thing. You know what? We can have those things. It might take amending the Constitution a few thousand times, but we can have that system if you want it. Um, The issue is that the American people and and America as a country has been built on something that's the exact opposite of that. So when you embrace an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, know what you're embracing, the end of capitalism. Mm Yeah. Well, and, and think yeah, what, yeah. what that leap is. What's that leap to? We're not talking, like they've said in the past, we'll adjust capitalism, it'll be a little more socialistic. Mm-hmm. Ending capitalism in favor of I think your dream of socialism, socialism, where does that go? Same place it always goes. Yeah, yes. Marx very clearly um, said socialism is nothing but a pit stop on the way to capitalism. Yeah. Um, and by the way, democratic socialism is nothing uh, but a pit stop on the way to socialism. And Democrat is nothing but a, way, a pit stop on the way to democratic socialism. It is still progressivism. It's progressing mm-hmm. slowly from step to step. They think that socialist is too far to pull, push for, so they're coming up with this democratic socialist idea to push us in, from in between you know, Hillary Clinton and Bernie, Bernie Sanders. They'll get us to mm-hmm. Sanders and they'll keep moving from there. There's oh, not, the end of this is a brick wall called communism. And, and this is interesting, too, because Glenn said years ago um, that they would pull the mask off and they would just admit it. And that's exactly what's happening with, like, Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders and several others who run as Democrats, but only because they couldn't win if they ran as socialists. They just You can't win that way. Um, but they are admitting it. They're just coming right out and saying, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm a socialist, so what? Capitalism doesn't work. We've tried it this way. Let's go back. Let's try it a different way. Well, it's just interesting to me that, you know, they can say that even in light of, I was just reading today that uh, in Venezuela, Maduro just admitted that socialism had failed there. He said that the production Mm. models we've tried so far have failed and the responsibility is ours, mine and yours, and that they needed needed to produce with or without aggression, with or without blockades. We need to make Venezuela an economic power. No more whining. I want solutions. And now the inflation rate is uh, 33,151%. That's it. There there you go, democratic socialists. That's what you're going to get. Well, I saw this statement from him, and the next question is, okay, so what's the solution? You said what we've done doesn't work. So that means you're going to become capitalist? Is that what you are? And you're going to reel in the government? You're going to start giving back all the stuff you took uh, took via nationalizing? They're not going to do that. No. He's going to say, we need more of it. That's the only thing they can do. During the campaign, he actually made the statement, he or one of his advisors, um, that the reason it's not going as well as they hoped is because they haven't gone far enough. There it is. And that's so often the the explanation. We need to go further with this. There's a story from Finland. Uh, They tried an experiment in um, universal basic Mm -hmm. income. Big big deal. I mean, like, I listened to a podcast, it could have been six months ago, where they were like, this amazing experiment. This is actually happening this time. Oh, my gosh, let's see it in action. I can't wait. And they canceled it. They canceled it. And why did they cancel it? According to Bloomberg, who wrote an article about it afterward, not 
ambitious enough. Oh, good gosh. That's always the answer. It's always, always. the reason. It's they just, just did the same thing in Ontario. Ontario. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I was reading. And they just scrapped it. It was a three-year program. Mm-hmm. They canned it after one year because it's not sustainable. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. Hello. But originally it was going to cure poverty, mm-hmm. loaded uh-huh. bureaucracy, and the rise of precarious work. Yeah. Didn't work. Didn't no. work out so well. It never does. Yeah. Pat. Your top story. Uh, Barack Obama just came out with his list of endorsements um, heading into the midterms. There's 81 people on it. But what's more interesting to me are a few of the people that aren't on it, like Alexandria (laughs) Ocasio-Cortez, who is not on that. And I'm kind of wondering, what is, what's the reason? I mean, here's the rising up-and-coming superstar in the Democrat Party, and she didn't even make his list? Mm. Why? Is there a little jealousy going on there maybe he's a little pissed that she's sucking too much of the oxygen out of his press or is it because if he endorses her it finally kind of cements the thing we've suspected all the time all along and and said all along he himself is a socialist if you're going to start endorsing socialists doesn't that kind of make you I socialist. feel like yes. Yeah. I feel like yes. I, it, you're, it's certainly your tendency. The other person he didn't uh, endorse that uh, I'm interested in is uh, Beto O'Rourke, who is running against mm. Ted Cruz. My fellow Hispanic. Yes, your fellow Hispanic, his, <laughs> who's not Hispanic, who's right. just Hispandering. <laughs> and uh, he is an Irish-American. His name is Robert Francis O'Rourke, which is pretty Irish sounding. <laughs> Super. Like, I can't think yeah. of a more Irish. Maybe his first name was Kelly. And I'm, I'm wondering why, why the cultural appropriation and why is that okay for him to adopt a Hispanic nickname? Just gonna, uh, is it possible because it's Texas? It is possible. Is that a, just you know, throw it out there? And he, yes. Mm. And he wants people to believe he's Hispanic. Mm. And many are, as a matter of fact, believing that he's Hispanic. So, you, but he was not endorsed by Obama either. Why do you think that is? And that one's very, that one's That's actually. interesting. The Ocasio-Cortez yeah. one, I think there are some, like, I think your explanation, of, or a possible potential explanation of just him being jealous and not liking that and someone else is the new flavor of the month is, mm-hmm. could very well be part of it. Could be potentially, too, that, that he had a relationship with the person that was, that Ocasio-Cortez beat oh, right. in the primary. Oh, right. Um, so Crowley. it could have been that. Could have been a Crowley thing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he doesn't want to admit what we just read on Jacobin, you know, right. Right? like that, you know, hey, socialists, we are socialists now. Even though he pushed us that direction for he eight did, years. But he never did it overtly. I mean, right. he would occasionally, every once in a while, like once every six months or so, Barack Obama would just outlay a, a really good praise of capitalism. Yeah. And, you know, he it, would just it was, say it. So, it, I love capitalism. It's great. Oh, it's capitalism is yeah. the next guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. There'd always be no. something like that. All of a sudden, he's like praising Reagan for like <laughs> in a, 24 hours, and then you never hear it again. Um, and so I, maybe he's just thinking that it's better kept under wraps, and just so he doesn't want to necessarily go out there. Because uh, how would you deny that the Democratic Party was a socialist party if the f- the president, who was just a Democrat, right. was endorsing socialists, outward socialists? Uh, Democratic socialists. Democratic socialists. I'm right. sorry. They, try to, they try to make it sound, yes, there. there's a huge, huge difference. difference. Well, it's interesting because he, he, she's likely going to win. So he would get yeah, an automatic, I, yeah, I supported her and she yeah. won, so he ends up looking good as far as that goes. And she was, uh, how many did he endorse? 81, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. So it would be buried within there. I think there's got to be something else at play. I think it's yeah. more the politics behind the scenes. Either he supported Crawley and doesn't want to come out too soon, or she just didn't 
Kiss his ring. Be- which better, is possible, too. The better one is harder to explain, though. I mean, it like, is. I, think I don't could, get that I one. think you could argue that he he's already the nominee. He's already the nominee. You he can't he's endorse him against socialist. the Republican? Right. The only thing I can think of there is maybe he thinks, you know, Cruz is going to wind up winning and he's not going to get that win, so might as well stay away from it. However, two polls have come out in the last uh, two days. Scary, kind of. One of which had Cruz only up six. Right. The other one had Cruz only up two. And the one he was only up two, that was low, a lot of undecideds in that poll. But I will say this. In the poll where he was, uh, Cruz was up to, 41-39, Abbott was up by 16. Same poll. Ooh, wow. So, I mean, there is a... Th- th- that's a concern. That's a concern. I mean, I, I, Cruz, I don't yeah. think, is going to lose. Um, but, I, you know, it's hard to imagine that he's, he's um, inspired a lot of real momentum this time. You know, I mean, I think when he was in the... You could say, like, if you're a big Trump supporter, you may have been really pissed off at Cruz for taking a stand at the... At the, at the um, Convention, and I can understand that. Like, I can understand a Trump supporter really not liking. I think liking he pissed him. off the Trump supporters, but I think though. he's now gone back the other way so far. Yeah, yeah. That like the people who are like walk through the wall for Ted Cruz are now all like I think Ted Cruz has done a really good job as a senator. He's got a mm-hmm. great voting record. He's argued mm-hmm. for the right things most of the time. But he may have but created a scenario isn't as much I where think. nobody is in love with him anymore. Yeah, you, you know? know, he's kind of because like, he pissed off Trump supporters at the convention by refusing to support him. Uh, or endorse him. And then right before, it was what, late August or early September when he finally said, okay, now I support him. Well, then it pissed us <laughs> off. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Without any self-respect. To, yeah, we thought you did the right thing at the convention. Well, if you're going to endorse him anyway, you should have done it at the convention. So he yeah. pissed everybody off. Everybody. And there might not be a lot of passion for him anymore. I don't, I don't know. But I, uh, but I, I think if we see a lot of... It's on many levels yeah. because... Not only could we lose a really good senator, but if Beto O'Rourke wins, I have to eat my underwear. Oh, really? Is, yeah. Uh, I've not. made an underwear uh, pledge. That wow, because that's only two <laughs> points away from... Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. That's right. a big deal. I'm looking for recipes right now. If May the odds be one. ever in your favor, Pat. So <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, posting on social media after the break. Hey, it's Doc Thompson. If you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. The podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. This is the news. And why, 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 why it matters. Doc, you said breaking news that posting something online can get you. It seems like it could be trouble for okay. you down the road. Wow. You posted something offensive in the past um, or potentially offensive in the past. The James Gunn situation, not James Dunn, but James Gunn from yes. a couple weeks ago, uh, has now kind of reared its ugly head again with another person. The New York Times has hired somebody for their editorial board by the name of Sarah Jong. And she used to write for Verge, and she's kind of a tech reporter. Lovely woman. But she has said some pretty uh, disturbing things just a couple years ago on social media. She posted... White supremacist uh, stuff. She's a... a hardcore alt-writer. Hardcore Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dumbass effing white people marking up the internet with their opinions like dogs pissing on fire hydrants. Oh, man. Um... I dare you to get uh, Wikipedia and play things white people can definitely take credit for. It's really hard. All white people Uh, genetically predisposed uh. to burn faster in the sun, thus logically being only fit to live underground uh, like groveling goblins. That's a fair one, actually. White men are BS. (laughs) No one cares about women. You can threaten anyone on the Internet except cops. And it just goes Mm. on and on like this. Many things. So, of course, as soon as the New York Times announced that they were hiring her, that this came out, everybody went back through her social media and began saying, what about all this troubling stuff? Mm. Here we are again. Should she be fired for it? Should she have not have been hired for it? Uh, I don't think that she should be fired for it because I think that this, there's, 
we're at a point where everyone's going to get fired for something that they said yeah. at whatever point in their life. But to but, maintain principles, mm-hmm. it would be nice to see the standards, you know, um, adhered in all places. Uniformly. Yeah. It, it's interesting because when the left eat their own, I, I get kind of a sick pleasure out of that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I love it. <laughs> and, and this is a, a, another example of that because they created this situation. And so when somebody on the left falls into the situation they created, I tend to kind of enjoy it. But you're, you're right. It shouldn't. Sh- you shouldn't lose your job for something you posted on Twitter. So what? Yeah. It's Move in- on. It's interesting. We had Kevin Williamson on uh, the other day, and he went through this at the Atlantic, right? I mean, he this is the exact same thing. He, except, yeah. you know, I, I don't think his stuff was necessarily as offensive. Uh, but he went on, and, and he got with the Atlantic. Three days later, they fold. Notice what the left-wing author, New York Times, has come out and said they support her, and they're going to keep her on, and they, you know, she regrets her former comments. There's a complete mm-hmm. double standard there. So I don't know why we get in this game. I don't know why we treat, you know, even if you just want to look at it that way, it's like the double standard is kind of ridiculous. Most of the time, the left-wing person survives it anyway. So what's the point? Why don't people delete their old Twitter accounts completely yeah. and then just start over? We del- if there's anything there that's even questionable, why wouldn't you just... Do you even think there is, though? I bet most of us, if we went back through from like five years ago, you're like, ooh, that was a little edgier. Than- yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's time and place, too. Yep. Plus the emotion mm-hmm. is removed and, when and you're things, not there. And the standards change. Standard I mean, change as well. you know, James, like James Gunn yeah. had something that was pretty offensive at any time, but like we've seen some of these situations <clears> where you go back and you would find clips that I mean this happened to this happens to candidates all the time where you know you'll say something that is very common sentiment of that day or joking yeah or joking a joke that was acceptable in that day and then you know mm-hmm. years later people look back and say well we don't say that anymore how could you have said that then and well, those things aren't fair. always even race based or something no. so, I mean two days before 9-11 you make a joke about a plane flying into a building no big deal yeah but for the following sure. 10 years it's yeah. out. So if you go back and see, had seen somebody's social media for that, listen to the New York Times statement on this. We hired Sarah Jong because of the exceptional work she has done covering the internet and technology at a range of respected publications. Her journalism and the fact that she is a young Asian woman have made her a subject of frequent online harassment. Oh. Mm. So she was defending herself. So it's white people's fault that yes. she tweeted these things. Right. And she even shared some pretty troubling things that people had tweeted oh, at her. Everybody has. Uh, so so ex- on Twitter, yeah, exactly. on Twitter, everyone gets that. She or they put, for a period of time, she responded to the harassment by imitating the rhetoric of her harassers. Oh. She was just reacting, see. She, it is their fault. It's white it, people's fault. It is. She sees now that uh, this approach only served to feed the vitriol that we too often see on social media. She regrets it, and the Times does not condone it. Amazing. But she's wow. All this from someone who you said was Asian, right? Uh, yep. So a group of people that earn much more. I mean, we only earn 76 cents on the dollar for what an Asian earns. And in this society, <laughs> it's true. It's a true stat. Uh, we actually do earn white people. Uh, earned only 76 cents on the dollar of Asian, Asian people. So I think... You know, really, we're the we're the we're the we're the minority here. Yeah. We're the ones being uh, crushed by the uh-huh. man, uh, or the woman, in this particular sense. So and that's a true stat about the Asian versus white. It is. Okay. It is. Um, you know, it's not because of racism. How, um, how did I get the only Asian person that's not making more cash? <laughs> <laughs> My wife's not making more than other people. <laughs> You're doing something wrong. Let's talk about what's going on in the Philippines. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, so uh, Duterte, the president there, uh, one of the craziest people uh, in the universe. 
Um, he is, a, of course, a dictator who uh, has advocated and told people in the streets to go murder drug dealers kind of on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, if you see a drug dealer, kill him because that's going to be good for society. Hundreds of people have been murdered during this policy. He's got another kind of interesting policy, fighting corruption. Big, he's very tough against corruption. And apparently people are importing fancy cars into the Philippines with what he believes is, are illicit funds. Um, and so and, and now he takes the cars, like kind of how we would take them from criminals, um, and we would maybe auction them off. He believes, though, auctioning the cars off would allow criminals to bid for them under false names. So what does he do with the cars? He, oh, man. He crushes, he crushes them. <laughs> crushes them with giant oh, uh, bulldozers. Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, way. This is the second time he's done this. The first time oh. it was, I know, these beautiful Oof. cars. Uh, Porsches, Lamborghinis, oh. uh, fancy motorcycles, all, all sorts of unbelievable cars. Wow. All brand new in perfect shape, Mercedes, everything. And he did, I think, 38 of them the first time, and this was like 76 of them. Um, to prove a point that do not, do, not bring, you know, do not use your illicit funds on, on cars in our country, apparently. That seems like a uh, flawed way of thinking there. Really? Yeah, it just seems like that to me. Maybe you sell them to someplace else. For you to and wouldn't the drug dealers just import more or bid on other cars? You'd think so. There's uh, not a shortage okay. of cars. I think you know, so much of it's, it's, it's really just our system taken to the extreme, right? Like everyone's grandstanding to act like they're the toughest in the world and they really care the most. And he proves it, all right? He's crushing Lamborghinis. He wins. You know, he wins. He's crushing Lamborghinis. He's having people murder others. He's just going to the extremes. And uh, apparently it's working for him. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, let's take a break. We'll be back. It just hurts to watch those cars. Yeah, yeah. it really does. Hey, it's Doc Thompson. Thanks for listening to the program. I want to tell you about another program that I think you're going to like. It's the Glenn Beck Program. Check it out now wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You guys have heard uh, professors are warning that climate change may cause a surge in suicides. Oh, no. Yeah. The hotter it gets, the more people kill themselves. It's, I it mean, is it so makes... hot, I can't live anymore. Right? And so... Oh, you've been in Texas I can kind of relate to it <laughs> based in, on this summer that we're having here. Uh, it's, uh, isn't everything climate change? I mean, everything. Fires and floods and cold and warmth mm. and snow and lack of snow, drought, famine, everything yeah. is climate change. So if... Everything that happens proves your point. You're in a pretty good position. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently they analyzed uh, more than half a billion tweets, and they found that words like lonely, trapped, and suicidal are more prevalent when temperatures are higher. So kind of like the the polar bear. Kind of like the polar bear. They're warning um, that thousands of additional suicides that are likely to occur as a result of unmitigated climate change are not just a number. They represent tragic losses for families across the country. Incredible. So, so stupid. just that quote in itself is just Are polar bears also killing the themselves yeah. at alarming rates? <laughs> I wonder. I think that they I'll probably they are. are. Yeah, I think um, they probably remember are. Remember what we're talking about here is 0.9 degrees Celsius over a century. Like yes. it's, not, it's not meant for you to notice. Like everyone says, like, oh, I noticed it's been hotter. That's not what it does. It's like <laughs> it's a global phenomenon. Even if you believe in it, it's about melting ice and other, like it's not. Uh. Right. <laughs> it's frustrating. Oh. Please subscribers, catch us in overtime. <laughs> I can feel the difference. I can no. feel it. It's different. <laughs> Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. This is the news. And why, 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 why it matters. 
The Vatican has officially changed the uh, church's stance on the death penalty. So this has kind of been a slowly evolving stance that previous popes had come out and spoken against it. But now they have officially declared the death penalty inadmissible. Um, and they are now teaching that it is inadmissible because it's an attack on the invi- inviolability and dignity of the person. And that they will now work with determination towards its uh, abolition worldwide. Doc, you... Uh, yeah, uh, first of all, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> is this a priority to come out against some, maybe some other things you could be doing worldwide? But okay. Uh, the other problem is, if you are a Christian, one of the arguments for being against the death penalty is not about the dignity and whatever. It's that you are taking away a person's chance or opportunity to repent. If they were going to live another 20 years and exactly. you say, mm-hmm. it's 20 years that you removed that they didn't repent and you're damning them. Mm-hmm. That's okay. the argument. Mm-hmm. The Pope doesn't right. know that. Are you for the death penalty? Um, reluctantly, yes. Are you, Pat? Mm-hmm. Yes. What about you? Mm-hmm. What about, because I was thinking about this and I am for the death penalty, but then I thought about, okay, but how, how do I reconcile being pro-life and Well, because the baby is innocent. The person who uh, is is sentenced to a death penalty has done something pretty heinous to warrant that, like taking the life of somebody else. Yeah, you better be freaking sure. First of all, you better be be freaking sure to apply this punishment. But I do believe uh, it it is the right thing to do. It's a tough one. I mean, I don't really trust governments. So, I mean, again, I think the standard should be super high. Uh, when applying this, uh, and 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 it is. I mean, we we hardly ever do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. Even Texas is doing it way less. And that's than I think probably the right thing. It probably is. You know, but uh, yeah, I know. I, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing. I think that uh, you know you want to. The guilt is really the uh, the line there. It's the same line I think you would use as someone who would be a Christian and support war, right? I mean, like I mean, there are people at times that will. Uh, you know, uh, be on the other side of, of that situation that you're not happy about being involved in it. Um, would you ever go to war? Like, we could sit here and be a pacifist country, but at times you do need to do these things that save lives. Um, so it's, it's, these are complicated matters, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, I guess where I, I've come on this, and I, I, Pat, I know you've been kind of on this journey with me as well, is that, like, as I've, as I've become less and less confident <laughs> In government, I've become more and more restrictive in the use that I that I want the, for the, sure. the times I want these things utilized. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I you know back in you know probably the, the Bush days, early Bush days, certainly after nine eleven, you know I would have been much more gung ho for a you know someone did something wrong in another country, we need to go in there. There's you know that that was probably my my opinion at one point, but I've really backed off on that, and really I want it used as limited a way as possible. Probably the same thing with the death penalty. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably smart unless you've got somebody on tape. You got really obvious uh, situations uh, that you don't utilize it, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the only argument from right. a, from a moral Christian perspective, not separate from a you know a, a government policy perspective. It, taking them that those years away is a is a good argument for the Pope to be against it. I don't I don't know what I mean. Dignity, the dignity, is, uh, dignity is such. such a weird. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Right. And, I, and how is that presented from government and? What was mm-hmm. their dignity? I mean, I understand treating people well, but you're also mm-hmm. talking about criminals here. And if you did want to talk about dignity, maybe you talked about prison reform. That's the bigger issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got moral people in America, Christians, who are like, that's right, prison uh, justice. Shouldn't be for prison justice. If you're going to say, we empower the government to take away your rights because you've done something wrong and you become a ward of the state, then they're saying they, need to, they are taking on the responsibility to protect you, that you're not raped, 
or uh, abused yeah. or assaulted or whatever, if you think that should be the punishment for what somebody did, and then it. make it law and say, if you do this, we're mm -hmm. going to rape you. Not mm -hmm. just we'll throw you in there and... Yeah. That's part of the punishment. <laughs> that's, that's a very good point. I mean, I'm really yeah, right. Really that's what it should laugh. be. I'm not saying it should be cushy and people yeah. should get TVs and whatever. But the fact that we know this prison justice goes on, that the, should not the happen. The fact that that goes away, though, that would ruin so many good TV shows. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I just can't support it. <laughs> is that what You're it, right. Just Doc, for the entertainment value? We need to have those storylines in all dramas. <laughs> uh, parents are now teaching or hiring video game coaches to yeah, help isn't their this kids great? win. Yeah. You don't want your kids playing outside. You want them to get their butt what? back in the house and get that? on that video game now. <laughs> are you mowing the lawn again? You get your ass in this house and get back on that video game. It's a really a weird it's phenomenon. Weird. Really weird. But they're paying like 20 bucks an hour to have no. yeah, video game coaches so that their little darlings can play the game. And they specifically cite Fortnite mm -hmm. uh, in the article because I guess it's a huge phenomenon and all the kids at school talk about it. And there was one lady quoted in the, in the story who's, who has a 10-year-old son and she said, it's really important to the kids and they talk about it at school all the time. And can you imagine how it was for him when he was losing these games with his peers? Um, yeah, he yeah. lost a video game. Yeah. Well... <laughs> That's how it should have been. If your kid gets really good at the game, then someone else is going to be losing the game and be in the same situation that your kid used to be in. Right? So, but uh, it's interesting because I guess there's a lot of money to be had in yeah. the Fortnite tournaments. The esports thing is blowing up, and it's it been is. blowing up for years. I mean, it's we, bizarre though. If you're a long time. Actually, actually, I, I used to think that too. Like all the videos, the people that the kids just just watch other people yeah. play videos. Yeah. I can't get it. It's really, look at it like it's a sport. We watch football, yeah. we watch basketball, watch baseball, and you may even get a coach for your kid to play those. As crazy as that is, you got to kind of plug that standard in. Yeah, it, Glenn brought up an interesting point. We were discussing this off the air yesterday <clears throat> or the day before, and he said he read something, and I have not read it, so I'm going off of Glenn's word. This is always a very dangerous proposition <laughs> here, I will say. But he said that he read that um, some experts are now starting to recommend you don't do the whole go play outside thing anymore because the real world these kids are going to grow up in are, is one of virtual reality and all of these, you know, of constant gaming and everything's virtual. How pathetic is that, I though? Discouraging physical exercise and the outdoors, and I know you interacting know, with other human beings yeah. for sitting in front of a TV playing video games. Yeah, I would not be able to bring myself to do. Oh, no, I would. Kind of scary. Not for my kids. I mean, I did it certainly when I was a kid. I mean, I was playing video games a lot. But uh, I was uh, Charlie Warzel is a reporter. We've had him on before. Uh, he's from BuzzFeed, and he rec you know he does a lot of reporting on technology and internet and the way it's affecting culture. Um, you know, he does a lot of the Alex Jones reporting and such. And it's, it's interesting, though, he, he said something that I, I think is really true, as weird as it is, is that he says he goes around the office all the time screaming at people, the Internet is real life. It is. Because mm -hmm. my argument and my feeling is constantly like, who gives a crap if it's a tweet? But look at the way people's lives are being affected mm -hmm. by that tweet. That you is know, just it, our new reality. It is real life now. This is how they grow up. You know, when we say, like, hey, why are you holding your phone up there and you're filming? Like, you know, you're, not getting, you're not even experiencing it. That's how they experience it. You yeah. know, it's, it, I don't like it, but yeah. I mean, I think it is the reality at this point. And, and if the, the argument is, if you don't prepare them for that, if they don't, if they're not really familiar with the way these, you know, way video games work and way these systems work and how to beat them and how to be good at them, then they're going to have a deficit as they go into life as an adult where these things dominate. We're teaching them to make buggy whips. 
right? Is yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, where we, yeah. So imagine take it to the extreme. If this is the new order and you have to be that proficient at games and everything else, that's the tech, and you get two, three, four generations down the line where that's just the standard, you will have people going, you know what, I'm going to do something different. My kids are going to go outside and play. And people will be like, this is so weird, <laughs> sending your kids out to play. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. right? Yeah. Idea. Then they'll probably arrest you if you let your Look kid out. Look at the I mean, germs that, that are out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the pendulum will swing yeah. back yeah. at some point. Uh, remember to tweet us your questions using the hashtag TheBlazeY. Um, Ryan wants to know, Stu, if you have any new movie recommendations for this weekend. Uh, I think I might go see Mission Impossible tonight, but I have not seen it yet. Excellent. Um, I, you know, this is, is a, it? I liked it. It's I, fun. I've heard really good things about it. Um, we are, different. this is a little bit, I, don't, I, I will say the answer to the question is probably no for me. If you guys have one, I'd love to hear it. But uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by this MoviePass situation that's happening now. Have you been following this at all? <coughs> MoviePass, nine ninety five. watch as many movies as you want with cer- certain Do you have it? I do have okay. it, and I love it. I mean, I'm, I'm a big evangelist for it. You know, there's a, there's a reports now that it could be gone by the end of the week. They've basically run out of money. They've now changed several policies. They've upped it to fourteen ninety five a month. Uh, they can't get anybody into Mission Impossible. A bunch of theaters are bailing. It's, it's, it looks like it might go away. They do believe, though, uh, even if they can't pull through, which I really hope they do, because they've changed it. They've changed the way people go to see movies, and I think that, mm-hmm. in, a, in a real positive way. Um, but they think the, their pricing structure, whether they live or die, is here to stay. You know, AMC has one now. There's yep. this nineteen ninety five a month. It's only three movies a week, but there are better terms. You can buy them in advance. You can watch 3D, things like that. Three movies a week? Yeah. And, like, no, who's, I've never, Holly. I mean, for 20 bucks? For 20 bucks. It's three still worth it. Yeah. It's still pretty No, that's a great, that's, yeah, that's a great it. deal. Who has the time is what right. I Yeah, no, know. I don't. I don't. But, I mean, still, like, I would, you know, I had a, a vacation. My wife and the, took the kids up uh, for a vacation a couple of months ago, and I had, you know, I had all of a sudden all that time was open when I was spending with the kids, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to like 12 movies, <laughs> and I did. I mean, I, I abused that movie pass that week, um, but uh, that's only at AMC theaters for that one. And there's another one called I think it's called Cinemania or Cinemia, something like that. And that one is it's different prices, but it's like three or four a month for like 12.95, but you can go to any theater. The bottom line is there's going to be mm. something that that spins out of this that is going to be really I think positive for moviegoers. I would much rather pay. 10 to 20 bucks a month to basically be able to go whenever I want rather than, you know, the old way, which, you know, I mean, it, was, it got to be so expensive. Mm-hmm. And they get you in these theaters. You pay 20, 30, 40, 50 dollars in the dining theaters for food anyway. Yeah, yeah you do. You know, it's, it, it winds up working out for them. Anyway. A lot of the food yeah. at those, there they have really ratcheted up. It's good stuff. Theater it's movie, really uh, so studio, movie, studio movie grill. Yeah. 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 Movie house and eatery so, is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible? Uh, yeah, I saw Mission Impossible. Very good. Glenn's wrong. It's not as good as he said, but it's, it's a solid <laughs> little movie. I mean, every movie's, you know, if oh, Glenn likes it, it's the yes, best. Yes, of course. So am I out now? You got the ABBA sequel oh, uh, to Mamma Mia's out. No, no. This, <laughs> this weekend no. you've got uh, Dinesh's movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. That. That's coming out. Loved that as well. Uh, Highly recommended yep. it. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you've got the Christopher Robbins one coming out yes. and The Spy Who Dumped Me. That looks really bad. A, yeah. Pat, mm. <clears throat> just Mission Impossible? Yeah. that's. I mean, I haven't seen very many oh, lately. But. I'll give you a recommendation. The National Football League starts with a preseason. Tonight! Yes. Tonight! Yes. Tonight. Let's go! Let's back. go! Let's yes. go! All right, yes. we're done. We'll see, out, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.